Yo, what's up? John Fitch here. Got a great show for you today. A former guest is back and he's got a uh, an outstanding course a lot of you guys could, could use and benefit from. The focus is podcasters and being on podcasts, but if you are, are an MMA fighter or uh, anybody who has to be interviewed and talked to on a regular basis, this is something that is going to benefit you. <clears throat> but let's wait for everybody to join in the cast here because, you know, we get uh, we get shadow banned. People don't like hearing what we have to say. So we have to wait for people to share the show, share it around, make sure all your friends know we're live and they can hear some uh, not so great ukulele music, which I want to play right now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's go. There's only two things in this life that make it worth living. That's ukes tune good and firm feeling women. I don't need my name in the marquee lights. It's nice though. I got my song and I got you with me tonight. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love. Let's go to Luke and Buck, Texas, Wayland and Willie and the boys. This successful life for living's got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoy's. It's like Blue Bay's Hain songs, Blue Berry's train songs, and Blue Eyes crying in the rain. Out in Luke and Bike, Texas, ain't nobody feeling no pain. So, baby, let's sell all your diamond rings, buy some boots and faded jeans, and go away. This coat and ties choking me in your high society, you cry all day. We've been so busy keeping up with the Joneses for car garage and we're still building home. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love. Let's go to Luke and Bike, Texas, Wayland and Willie and the The successful life for living's got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoy's. Between Hank Wynn's pain songs, Newberry's train songs, and blue eyes crying in the rain. Out in Luke and Bike, Texas, ain't nobody feeling no pain. Yeah, yeehaw. Yeehaw, mother grabbers. Okay, if you're feeling pain, get your ass to Lukenbach. I need to uh, introduce you to a wonderful human being, Jonathan Pritchard, and he's a mentalist. He'll get into your mind and uh, command you, right? He is a, um, <clears throat> a uh, what do you call it? I was going to say offspring, but not offspring, but uh, a student of the great Randini, a absolutely tremendous human being. If you don't know who that guy is, you need to look him up because he was a destroyer of fraudulent phonies. And I am all about that. <clears throat> but uh, Jonathan now has a course available to you guys. Uh, it's available for the pre-sign up right now, but then it'll be available for everybody on the fourth. So let's introduce our guest. Here we go. Jonathan, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Awesome to have you back. How, uh, hopefully that wasn't too bad of you. Uh, well, am I better than the last time you were on the show? Dude, it just, it keeps getting better and it's still just as charming, right? It's, it's very humanizing. You can't, you can't not like the ukulele. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, if anybody has a problem with that segment, they, they don't need to be around. <laughs> yes. Agreed. How have you been? How have things been going? 
actually fantastic since the the last time that we talked on camera i actually moved out of chicago to the mountains mm -hmm. of north carolina i oh. think i got married just all sorts oh. of big crazy big changes stuff. yeah 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 a lot going Man, on north carolina how you like north carolina because I've, I've been out a few times north and south carolina are both places that i i could i could relocate to yeah i i grew up in the mountains here so it's it's mm -hmm. kind of where i i'm just most comfortable and then mm -hmm. went off to college and spent 20 years out on the road and after lots of adventures my parents are getting older so i figured you know it'll be nice to be around family yes kind of just get out of the big city life and and live a little more slow <laughs> yeah it's i 100 feel that i i uh especially right now especially like being in the mountains the appalachians or something like try to try to try to bring your tyranny to 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 that area exactly <laughs> yeah, if, yeah if everything goes sideways there's forty thousand acres of forest and yep. mountains they're just like yeah mm -hmm. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the woods. There's a lot of, you know, oh, what would you again? What would you do against the U.S. government? You could never fight against U.S. government. Well, Vietnam and their mountainous regions and Afghanistan are solid evidence that if you know how to hide in guerrilla warfare in those areas. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit stuck here in the in the, you know, yeah, you got roots, man. California, yeah. The kids, California, yeah. I, I, I'd have to move away. I'd have to convince their mother to move somewhere else, and her whole family's here, so that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's a real uphill battle. Yeah, so I've got about like eleven years. I just need to be a billionaire so I can like have a house somewhere else and then fly back and working on it. <laughs> my own, my own jetpack. Just Elon Musk jetpack over. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> yep, I'm gone. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what you've got going on. You've got a uh, a new course available to people. And I thought yeah. I looked over uh, some of your notes from it. And uh, we talked briefly before the show that this is something that, you know, you niche down to podcast host and guest. But this is, you know, something I really could have used when I first started fighting. Because selling yourself in interviews is huge. You know, that, that's a big part of um, building your notoriety and getting the fights you want and getting people to understand who you are and want to buy your fights and watch your fights. Um, a huge, huge uh, advantage. Now, I went to college, you know, pretty university, and we wrestled there. And they did have like, like one, we'd have once a year where somebody would come and talk to us about how we should address interviews and how to carry ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think they put a lot more time into the basketball and football players because they have cameras in their face a lot more. Yeah. But it, it just that little bit was already a pretty, pretty big help to me. Uh, I just wish we would have had more. Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the key things that you're going to be covering to, uh, to help people be better on the mic? Yeah, that's it is a huge topic, really. And a lot of folks have a kind of a difficult time understanding how much goes into looking natural in a very unnatural environment where I'm looking yeah. into a camera, I've got lights and it is a really weird dynamic. And then to look casual, like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm most comfortable. Mm -hmm. And nowadays with Twitter and live streaming and everybody is becoming their own media company because you're right you you're representing yourself 100%. and and that's what i love about elon musk just being like you know what screw it we don't need to go to the newspaper we don't need to go do an interview with anybody screw it mm -hmm. we'll be our own media channel like done so you've got direct access to the whole world but if you don't know how to present yourself in a way that people go, yeah, I want to hear more of what that guy has to say, yeah. you could do the, the world's best whatever, and nobody cares because you look like a goof in front of the camera. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's it's a an outreach of, 
it's an outreach of sales because that's something that I've learned with sales is like, it doesn't matter how good of a teacher I am. Like I can be the best teacher in the world with the best technique. And I know the most stuff. If I don't, if I don't present it to people and put it out there in front of people, nobody shows up to the seminar. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a really big lesson is that it's all connected and people think that, well, I'm good at this thing. I don't need to worry about everything else. But really, kind of my background, taking a step back, is as the mentalist, as a performer, entertainer. And I've done tours for the military. I've performed for BP and State Farm, United Airlines. Uh, tomorrow, I'm working for Discovery. It's like, those are the kinds of clients I'm used to working with. And the reason why I can work with really big companies at an international level is I've got the media training to look like a person who works with multi-million dollar international corporations. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've had media training. I've had mentors. I've had the tough learning lessons where I screwed it up real bad and go, well, I'll never do that again. Right. So it's been a really kind of a long path myself, and it's something that we, I want to. You be don't able really to share get anywhere without the failures, huh? Right, right. Yeah, yeah the, you'll you take those lessons to the bank in a way that you don't otherwise. Yeah. Right? But, you're gonna, you're gonna have you'll have a hundred failures to every one success. Exactly, exactly. And dude, one of my one of my buddies just blew my mind one day <laughs> saying. If we get a negative review from a show or a talk or whatever, our marketing failed. That person never should have been in the room in the first place. Mm. So your marketing wow. is where the show starts because that's where you're framing expectations of what people can think they're going to see at the show, at the fight, at the whatever. So then the marketing starts setting up expectations. Then the sales conversation is what closes them and goes, oh, yeah, all that marketing that you saw, that's exactly what you're going to get. And now the sales conversation is a lot easier. Then when you're delivering, it's all exactly the same thing. And mm -hmm. whoever's buying goes, that's just what I was looking for. And if you're a podcast guest, you want your host going, boy, I love talking to him. If you're a guest, you want to look like you know what you're doing so that you can get on cooler and cooler shows. So it's just more none of this that is way separate. Then. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And um, that's, I mean, that's why I said earlier, like uh, a lot of the, fight interviews and those things like you're you're the product and a lot of fighters don't understand this is you're the product and if you're not selling your product which is the fight or or your fighting style you're missing out you can't just be like oh yeah i'm i'm that's my mistake it's like oh i'm fighting to fight to win and i don't care if anybody watches that was uh not a smart financial move for me because being good just isn't it's not enough you have to bring in the audience. You have to bring in the appropriate audience to watch what you're doing also. Right. Your audience is the most valuable asset, resource, whatever kind of weird word you want to use, but your audience and people who you're connected with is everything. And this was about 10 years ago, and I was at a conference specifically for variety entertainers. I'm in my booth. There's a juggler over here. There's a ventriloquist over there, comedian, that kind of thing. And I was very honest, but too literal about my show. I'd be like, it's a good show. You know, you'll have a good time. You know, people, they, they leave having a, a really enjoyable memory of what happened. Mm-hmm. Then there's a guy over there who is just a god-awful magician, just the worst. And I know that my show is 10 times better than his, mm -hmm. but his hype game was phenomenal. He could talk like nobody's business. This is the best show you've ever seen. You're going to write home to your mom about how amazing I am. You, there, 
so he could hype it. Then he got booked and then he was doing more shows. Then he actually got better. And I was like, ah, man, he's, he's, he's getting chops now. Right. So my goal is to help people hype themselves up in an honest way, not being dishonest about it, but just learning how to be the best communicator and advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can connect more easily with the right people. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really it. So authenticity is a huge, you can't really fake. You can't fake it. Uh, Sooner or later you're going to get outed. Even if you're a loser, as long as you're authentically a loser, like right. you'll, get, you'll get more people who like you and respect you than if you're a phony, uh, you, if you're a real life loser and you're pretending to be somebody who's awesome. Exactly. And and that's why kind of the short answer to the, to the question you asked about, all right, what are people going to learn? And most of it is helping them figure out what to stop doing. What are the things that are between you and your message? What are you doing that's confusing people, that's distracting? Do less of that, and now you'll have a lot more room to just be you in a Mm -hmm. way that people go, yeah, I want to see more of that guy. So it's less about adding stuff on because most people have, uh, um, well, you know, uh, you're like, well, let's just cut that out. Or they'll talk and hit the mic or they've got a microphone on the table and they just keep hitting the table like well <laughs> let's let's stop doing that right? so it's it's just a you wouldn't believe how many things people can cram into their delivery that takes them off the path and that is consistent with most things when it comes to self improvement if you're a person who is looking to upgrade your life you're sitting in a place where you're like you know what I'm not that comfortable here. I think I can do better. Almost every first step is removing things over adding things. Second step is lifting weights. Right, right. It's it's (laughs) kind of like let go of the anchor that's dragging you to the bottom of the ocean, drag yourself to land, then start lifting weights. Like that's that's it. Always, always. Answer number one. Every, every self-improvement course is usually, you know, lift weights. Yep. Get Stop. rid of the bullshit. Get rid of the right. bullshit and start lifting weights. Stop proactively screwing up your life. And yep. then when you stop that, you'll already be way ahead of where you have been mm-hmm. and you won't need to do anything. Yeah. It's, that's, that really is a super powerful way to start. It is. Yeah. Being able to cut out the BS. That's, um. That's huge. It's hard for people to do though, because the BS is usually comfort. Right. And people and, like being comfortable. And it's so it's so common. It's what's natural and what feels right. So most of the time people don't even know that that it's something that you should just not be doing. Right. It's just like, wait a minute, I'm trying to teach you that technique, and you just did a whole extra whole bunch of stuff. I yep. all I asked you to do is this and you why did you do all that? And you're like, oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody from the outside to go, all right, here's everything that you're doing that you need to cut out like right now. And then they can actually have bandwidth to movements. improve. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great reference is uh, breaking things down to technique because that's a large part of why people get tired in <clears throat> martial arts and, and fighting and grappling and those things is, they do so many extra movements than what they need to. Like even if even if they run, you know, marathons all the time and they're used to pushing hard and doing hard cardio, if they're doing all this excess movement, they get tired super fast. They that translates into into everything. Right. You're just bleeding out all of your energy and oomph and then wonder why you're gassed. It's like, well, you were working eight times harder than you needed to, mm-hmm. Like you were in a good spot. Why were you struggling? You didn't you needed to do nothing and you would have been fine, but okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, you have, um, your course is coming available. I shared the, uh, the link, cool. um, in the, uh, in the chat, but you are, um, open opening, uh, on the 4th, October 4th. Yeah, the uh, 
the idea is there are 10 kind of founding member member slots and those are the folks that are just like yep this is all about it i want to make sure that we're going to cover this 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 and those are the folks that'll be in a little early to actually be able to talk with me and and get all that stuff figured out get the finishing touches on things then we'll be opening the reservations for a week so the cart will basically just be open for that week the first week of october and then at that end of the week we'll be closing it off because it's going to be a live real workshop over the course of a couple weeks so we're going to have zoom call where i can deliver information and go over material and have feedback and questions during the Zoom call. And then on top of all of that, I've got a really cool uh, piece of software to manage community. So I'm not relying on a Facebook group because Facebook's mm -hmm. always distracting and trying to get you off somewhere else and, and that kind of crap. Yeah. So it's a closed community. Harvesting we'll all your data. Exactly, exactly. So we'll have our own group where there's a timeline you can post and connect with other people you can ask questions i'll be there most of the day most days because when i'm not on the road i'm at my keyboard basically all day so i'm going to have that up in a tab every weekday so if folks have questions they can ask in there and we'll be doing a weekly ama session where it'll just be all right let's hang out for the next hour ask questions and if you've submitted your questions earlier kind of like the the super chat and i, I see people uh, over here on the side uh, commenting too so i, I want to get to all that too but yeah it's it's a a lot of involved real hands-on stuff it's not just some uh one page pdf that's like don't suck on camera learn how to speak on mic pay me your money, right? Yeah. It's it's real world-class feedback because like I said, I've had 20 years of being in front of cameras. I went out for America's Got Talent, Penn and Teller Fool Us. I've been on the radio. I've been on morning news. Um, just any kind of media you could think about. I've, and I've you had, and you had the, uh, the honor of training under the great Randini that was that was a master's class and and the folks in the workshop are going to be learning a lot of that stuff too because because randy was a firm believer in loving your audience and mm. as weird as that might sound to people like i'm just trying to sell widgets i'm just trying to be the greatest ever you're nothing without your audience mm -hmm. nothing everything that you do is because there's an audience to watch it yeah. So why wouldn't you love those people? Like you, you can't fake 100%. that. And, and if they're watching you, chances are they're somewhat in the same mindset of you. They, they have similar beliefs. They have similar goals. Maybe they're working on different things, but you know, all, all things break down into the same primordial ooze really when you right. get into it, when you start mastering something, you realize like all things are kind of similar. You know, when you learn, you learn techniques and you master a technique in martial arts, you're going to start seeing the world in a different way. You're going to start noticing a lot of the same principles apply to everything. Exactly. So exactly. if you have these great people, I have, you know, 10, nine, 10 great people watching me right now that are religiously watching the show. They're cool people that I know that if I hang out with in real life, we're going to have a beer. We're going to tell jokes. We're going to have a good time. So at a hundred percent, it makes sense. Like, how can you, how can you sell somebody, sell something to somebody you don't like? Exactly. Exactly. And learning how to love your audience and then do it in a way that comes through is not easy because most people are so in their head about, oh my God, what if I mess up? What do I do next? How, wait, when do I go on? What, what do I need to say? figure all that stuff out first so that you can free up that bandwidth to connect with your audience mm -hmm. and and it it gets down to granular level like if you're going to be on stage or in front of a large group of people you literally lead with your heart 
right? You you stand up straight, chest back, right? Your shoulders yeah. back, chest out, and you're leading with your heart, right? And then people just be like, man, I don't know what it is, but that guy is just so confident, right? You're just like, you could Gotta lead have with your confidence. most vulnerable part, but that comes through. You got to have that confidence. Because, like, I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, if I went to a, a, a seminar to learn something from somebody, I couldn't imagine teaching a seminar and people learning from me if I if I didn't have confidence in it. If I was like, well, maybe you could do this and it might work. <laughs> this technique, eh, sometimes I use it. Most times it sucks. Like, the the reaction, like, people doing it, the effort they put into it, it's probably not going to be there as much as like, yeah, man, this is where I go to. This is how I finish. This is 99% finishing rate. Like if I get to here, I'm doing this. Like it's a exactly. totally different, totally different seminar than if it's like somebody who, some weenie who's like, oh, I don't know. It might work. You right. can try it. I, I use an analogy as a pilot. If I get on a plane and the pilot's like, uh, we're going to be going at, uh, like I'm, I'm off. Right. But you, you want your pilot to be so it might confident. Be okay. We had some turbulence. I think we'll make it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I see a, a comment from Adam. Uh, say that terrestrial radio is, is kind of obsolete today. And you know what? You, you are correct, right? Like the radio is mostly obsolete. However, you get really good coverage from truckers right like truck <laughs> they're listening to am radio that's what i would lot. say it's like on the surface terrestrial radio yeah radio could seem obsolete but like my cd player doesn't work in my truck anymore and the bluetooth only connects to the phone it won't connect to the radio the music stuff yep and my aux jack is broken so like i'm stuck i can only listen to the radio yep so i still hear a lot of the stuff on the radio and, yeah. and a lot and of people even, still listen to the radio. Like a lot of people who are blue collar workers, if you're a mechanic, you're a plumber, you're whatever, chances are you just turn on the radio and that's just in the background. Right. So like you're still going to have people who are throwing talk radio and other things in the background. NPR is still a thing. So yeah, and, there's and still even, a lot of people listening. Yeah. And even if it went completely the way of the dinosaurs tomorrow. There's still a lot to learn from radio and podcasts are the new radio. Yeah. And there's basically two kinds of radio station uh, or programs that you would be on, two different flavors. The one would be kind of NPR talk radio, kind of like the, the guest is out to uh, share a message. The host is there to kind of give softball questions to the to the guest to make everybody happy. Yeah. Then there's the second flavor, which is the shock jock news yeah. morning zoo kind of thing, where yeah. they're playing sound effects and interrupting <laughs> you every second. They're going, "Oh, you must have felt weird when that happened, right?" Waka waka waka. All right, Carol. Right, and you as a <laughs> guest. Why is it always so? Much the same. It it was it was it much it much more, it must be a human being thing because if every city you go to can have the same format and the voices are are fairly similar, it's always the same type of setup. It's exactly, wild. Exactly, exactly. And and my background is you know I'm there to promote a show to sell tickets and I've got to do my monkey dance. I've got to do a trick. While there are three other human beings in this room who are actively messing with me and I can't get angry. I can't be like, you know what? Would you just shut up for one second? Like that would, that would be really helpful. No, that's their shtick, man. And if you're going to be on their show, you're playing by their rules. So that's yeah. another big part of knowing how to present yourself that's is it. knowing how to navigate those kinds of situations. Those, those are, like two big points I think with podcasting and interviews is like when you're going on someone else's platform or if you're hosting, like if you're going as a guest, like they're the boss, you need to follow their lead. If you are the host, you better have like the ability to lead the conversation. You better be able to be in charge. Otherwise, you know, like 
you're, you're not going to have the same connection. You're not going to have the same fulfillment through the interview. Exactly. And or, I mean, if you're a guest, you might piss somebody off and then right. they shut down and then, yeah. yeah. In, in one of the easiest ways to, to upset the podcast host, one answer, like one word answers. So tell me about yes. that time that that big, terrifying thing that you somehow made it through. Yeah, it was it was real tough. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. I worked real I worked real hard and I'm ready for this fight. Is right. That, exactly. It's like, wow, you you're giving me nothing to work with here, guy. Like no. nothing. Right. So what what are uh what is a tip? Maybe you can give some free tips here as far as preparing for an interview, uh whether you're taking an interview or or giving the interview, what are some uh things you can do to prep to make sure that you're doing the best interview possible in a nutshell. I want to give away the whole course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a taste, just a taste. Understand what your message is, what your kind of core is all about. What your final goal is. What's the final answer. Right. And it's kind of like, what's your character, right? That, that kind of a thing. Are you a hard worker? Are you smarter than everybody else? Are you just more vicious? Like what's, what's your deal, man? (laughs) Would that fall into the line of uh, frame? Would that be a frame yes. type of thing? Okay. Yes. What's, so understand knowing what your what frame is, knowing who you is. are, how do you want to be seen and portrayed? Exactly. And then understand that there are a whole bunch of different ways that you can communicate that. There was an insurmountable obstacle, and I had determination, and I worked hard through it. Or... I was a great leader and I helped coordinate a whole bunch of different people to help achieve an outcome. Or I was humble and learned from other people so that I could overcome this obstacle. So have just two or three stories. Like that's all you need. Just two or three stories that depending on how you frame them can communicate a valuable perspective about you as a person. Mm-hmm. So now if somebody throws you that curveball and they're like, okay, talk to me about leadership. You're not going, Oh, I don't have anything. Wait, what's about, <laughs> uh, you just have your one story mm-hmm. and then tell it in a way that highlights leadership. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that Yeah. So it's good. Having, having a, uh, a predetermined type origin story, so to speak. Yes. Like they had and to make a movie about where you came from or what you're doing. You right. you know what the script is. Exactly. You script it out. And the number one bit of pushback that I get from any of my clients and, and working with folks is I don't want it to sound, I don't want it to sound scripted. Just like, well, not one person has ever practiced and practiced more and then said, boy, I didn't really need that extra practice. So Mm -hmm. you you need the script so that you know that you can always stay on course and land where you want to land. And then it's your job to know it so well that you could just say it very casually this way, that way, but it's always the same words and it always gets the right idea across. I would say one of the one of the most scripted, greatest scripted talkers we've had in our generations is Obama. Oh yeah, right, yeah. like absolutely to the T. He rehearsed every aspect of everything he said, like to a T. But he comes off enough. so natural and right. yeah, right. And, and he didn't, he didn't just my... show up. He didn't just show right. up. And be like, uh, I'm gonna say these things. I'll just That's... feel it. I'm, I'll just, just feel the room. Just feel, like, no. bro. No. He had he had writers. He memorized. He practiced hours yeah. of of probably detailed practice to yeah, come exactly. off sounding that natural and organic. Right. Right. And that's a an angle where magic and mentalism background comes in handy to inform that process. Because yeah, because with the with the whole with the whole magic, you know, like it's a thing of illusions. So like speaking is and and painting a picture of what's going on is a big part of the illusion it's like right. 
getting that person in the right mindset to believe that the trick that you're about to do is is necessary. Right. You know, you're not just showing up and being like magic. Exactly. Magic right. doesn't happen like magic. It works like really hard work over time because mm -hmm. you might be doing one of the world's most difficult card moves that only two people alive on planet Earth could pull off. And then you have to be able to do it in a way that nobody even thinks there's anything happening. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get there by feeling it out in the moment. That's going to take work ahead of time to know mm -hmm. what it is you need to work on, then practice it and rehearse it so that it looks casual in a very unnatural oh, no. environment. So I learned I learned one card trick. <laughs> I learned one card trick a long time ago. I learned in high school. And I don't even know if I can still do it, but I still remember the principles of it. And it was just a sleight of the hand. Like I had the deck and you had to like move the bottom card over and then pull the bottom card, yep. making it look like yep. you pulled the top card. Yep. And you had to develop like distractions, like, you know, talking to the person, like, you sure you're going to get this? I think you guys are totally wrong. You're not paying attention. Do you sure you remember what your card was? So they're, they're looking at you and they're talking to you. And then you, you pull a card from the bottom and set at the top. Yep. And then, you know, you end up, you end up turn all the cards over and they're like, Oh my God, how did that happen? Um, but yeah, you have to like engage and like distract. You have to talk to them. You have to get them, thinking here rather than looking at your hands and seeing right you know what's really happened right so your sleight of hand what you're doing what you're saying how you're saying it when you're saying it who you're saying it to all has to be managed to free up your conscious mind so that you can connect through the camera or the voice recorder or whatever it is Right. So again, you, you've got to prepare everything. You, you can't just wing it. And, and a lot of people go, well, so-and-so can wing it. Like they're a professional. It's, They've been doing that for 30 years. They've got 30 years worth of material and understanding live entertainment to pull yep. from. Like you're, you're not that guy, man. Like, like I'm, I'm still learning. And I did, I did a shake break every day for like over a year. So for an, 30, 30, do minute, 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day, uh, Monday through Friday, I, I was on YouTube talking to people interacting yep. and it, that was mostly just like winging it. They weren't, they weren't great. I didn't know what was going on. I fed a lot off of what, my my listeners and the people uh, who were available to give comments from I fed a lot off of them, yeah. but it definitely helped me prepare for doing a weekly show and talking right. to people weekly. And um, I st I still admit I still need to do more preparation. You can never do too much preparation. You know, it's kind of like the hard work thing. You're never going to regret doing too much hard work. Like oh, I wish I wouldn't have worked as hard. That'll never right. happen. Same yeah. thing with preparation. I wish I would have prepared less for that. That was a waste. Never. <laughs> yep. But you also you also just put a magnifying lens on a fantastic strategy for getting better, which is just have a place to be bad. Most people don't have a place to be bad. They're 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 going from zero to I want to be on on the Tonight Show. Like you, you should probably workshop some of this and having that kind of live stream just every afternoon like screw it i'll do a twitter spaces okay let's just do that right so that way there's no skin in the game like it's it's very low stakes kind of a thing mm -hmm. and then you can play around you can try different personalities you can try a, whatever you want and it's very low stakes so that when you do get an opportunity where it matters, you've already kind of played out your ideas. So when you're in the moment and you're like, oh, I should do that weird voice that I do, you'd be like, wait a minute. That didn't go so well on any of the live streams that I did. So you know what? I'm going to choose not to. And then you didn't derail the whole conversation if you stayed on track and you're like, all right, mm -hmm. yeah, that was worth it. 
Yeah, looking at a lot of old videos and things I videotaped of myself, uh, not just podcasting, but um, teaching because I record some of my seminars so that I can chop them up and put them out and make them available on Gumroad. Mm -hmm. uh, you can check the, uh, um, the not the comments, but the whatever, the, the whatever right. stuff. I have the, my link train you can check us about. But I put that stuff up there and I, I have like, um, uh, yeah, that type of stuff. And I want to, it drives me crazy. And I'm working all the time on cutting those things out. And luckily with editing, I can chop them out. Right. And that, but, that's um, another detail. If yeah. you're a guest and you don't have any of those, and the host is one of those fastidious people that needs perfect audio where it needs to sound like NPR and just, I just need to, mm, I don't really edit any of my, my mm -hmm. podcasts for, I, I prefer going live just because I'd rather save the time of editing. I'm just exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. But there are enough podcasters mm -hmm. who want that perfect polish. And then if yep. you're a guest that, keeps going uh yeah and then uh well maybe that wasn't the best way to say it um how about right you're doing all that stuff and now they're just editing just getting more and more upset at you the whole time be like i'm wasting so much of my life <laughs> making you sound good if you just not had those verbal fillers mm. in the first place yeah. yeah i get that way especially because if i'm teaching technique like i get frustrated at myself I'm like, I don't need to say that. It's a waste of fucking time. Like these people, like if I was learning for myself, like I, that's how I look at things. It's like, if I'm trying to learn this technique from me, it's like, what needs to go? Like most of it, it's like just show, just show the fucking straight up, like show the raw part of the technique, minimal explanation. Yeah. That's funny. I got, we got a good question here uh, from Moff. Moff took a uh, private lesson from me today. He is going to be much more. Cool uh able to defend himself if the uh the communist try to attack him outstanding <laughs> dying your feet uh, man <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh he is saying pros and cons of sending the interview questions over in advance it's a good question that is a really good question and there are a lot of ways to have a good answer to that my preferred way of doing it is if I'm the guest, then I want to give my host good questions. And it's a way of owning your own narrative. And you can do a lot more of that than you might think you can. Because people will bring me on their podcast and go, oh, yeah, Jonathan Pritchard, he's the, he's the million-dollar mind reader helping his clients make boatloads of money. Where do you think they heard that? that nickname from me it's right there at the very top yeah, controlling reality in a sense exactly so they they don't they don't know every single guest that they're bringing on so you're just being helpful by saying you know what here's some things that i'm very comfortable covering that your guests would find very interesting so in your bio you can communicate what it is that you want people mm -hmm. to see you as then in the questions, you can go, oh, you know what, that's a really good question. And I've thought a lot about that. And here's my, of course, that is a good question. You're the one that wrote it and then gave it to them. Yep. And then they asked you, so tell me, what's the deal with that thing? And you go, oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that's really... You don't so just jump in like you've heard it 5,000 well, times. It's so funny because I learned this kind of the hard way, like through paying attention uh, to the interviews that I did mm -hmm. and the things that I did and and what was happening with my career and, and, and reporters and the fight stuff, like to see like how you controlled, how you could control, if you took control of the situation of – who everybody else views you as, how the reporters report you as, how promoters promote you as. Like if you sat and did nothing and you just showed up and fought, it was so easy for everybody else to kind of guide who you were and what was going on. But like we have social media, we have email lists, we have the ability to put ourselves in front of cameras and our audience and 
tell them exactly who we are with without without them taking the lead and and forcing us into a box and right. it was such a powerful thing to me to be like you know what i i can just like make up who i want to be because that's what they're doing on the other end like i i have to be the one who puts out the stuff ahead of time make them combat it make them fight it make them try to push it down which only builds it up right but like i have to i have to do those things and that was um man it took it took a few years of like of feeling that and seeing like seeing the manipulation through mm -hmm. through uh what a lot of these promotion promotions and the the the, the uh the reporters were doing because most of the reporters are working for their promoters anyways right right and, and then the other side of that is if i'm a guest and a host says do you want me to send some questions over so that you can know what we're going to be talking about i've been in this game long enough that i just it's like don't worry about it i'm literally a professional talker whatever it is we'll have a great time so i don't ask them to send questions over and some interviewers would bristle at the guest saying well tell me what you're going to ask me and the the mm -hmm. host is like no no it's my show my rules you'll show up and, and enjoy it that kind of a thing it's but it is really good though i because I, I, you sent over um you sent over some stuff about your course you know some basic facts so that that's very helpful so guys who are doing interviews or being interviewed it may be good to have a a press packet that yep. you send out this is who i am these are the things i'm doing these are the projects i'm on that that can be very cool helpful stuff your audience would think is really yep. interesting they're going oh you're going to make me look interesting awesome and, i'll ask and, those questions and it um it it helps you kind of guide uh where the interview goes how you're being made to look because they're they're on point they're on track they have all the information they need to like push what you need pushed exactly and then there's the politicians strategy which is i don't care what question you ask me you're going to get the answer i'm here to give <laughs> and you go oh that's a really interesting question and mm -hmm. that that does mean a lot to me and it reminds me of a time when i was talking about this completely other thing right it's like you just you just take whatever they give you and mm -hmm. go yeah that's awesome that reminds me and then go off in a completely different direction that's your that's your get out of jail free card mm -hmm. to keep the conversation on whatever it is that you're there to communicate 100%. Nice. <clears throat> so uh, what else have you been up to besides preparing this course? You've been traveling, doing your shows. I haven't yeah. been able to, you invited me into a couple of the uh, uh, the uh, Zoom type performances you've done. I've, I've had either uh, a date or uh, kids on those nights and haven't been able those to make them. Much better ways to spend your evening. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, 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 I've wanted to catch one of your uh, performances for a while now. So uh, are you still traveling and doing those things? Are you doing them uh, in person more now? Or are you still yeah. doing the Zoom type stuff? In, in person is a lot more common now. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had an engagement in Shreveport, Louisiana, and then up in Chicago, and then back in North Carolina. It's kind of a weird mix because a lot of the corporate stuff is still over zoom and then a lot of the mm -hmm. entertainment side is in person so a lot of people are a lot more ready to be in person and and cut loose have a great time corporate stuff is still very cautious very like uh, we can't do anything that might be possibly misconstrued as risky so we're gonna still keep everything zoom oriented so that's why i still have the studio built out it's not just for podcasts so i can still do the zoom shows but i am spending more time on the road doing shows and kind mm -hmm. of my my current personal project is getting a show started here in Asheville, north carolina where i'm living so I want to get set up at a super swanky hotel 
in in kind of a smaller ballroom so for about mm -hmm. 20 to 40 people and then do that once a month and then once that gets going then do it kind of every friday then twice on a friday then and just slowly ramp it up so that up. i've got stuff to do in my free yeah. time that sounds uh smart i'm, I'm looking into a weekly self-defense class in san jose because awesome. it would be nice to have 10 to 20 people come to class and we just put you in scenarios that you have to fight out of that would i think that would be fun on a lot of levels because i'm doing a lot of um private lessons some small group stuff out of my garage but you're limited to kind of uh exp exposing people to technique and explaining why they use it but if i had a larger class it would be better to um make them fight out of the situations after they learn the technique because like they work with me and i give them 50 to 75 percent resistance on things but mm -hmm. in the back of their head they're still like oh he's letting me do this right you know yeah but if i was like in a situation where i was like okay well you guys are kind of equal skill level you're trying to make him do this and you're trying to do this like fight and then it. it's controlled it's in a controlled environment so like you're you're not you're you're much less likely to get injured right um you're working on one specific skill set so you get a lot of looks at that one specific skill set so it it works out to be pretty nice and i think it would be uh it'd be fun so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to start organizing and, and that here multiple levels you can do a lot more with that in a leverage sense too because every everything that you do, you want it to be the pivot point for something bigger. Mm. So this thing that I create, I can then use as promo to pitch a bigger opportunity yep. or a bigger show. Yeah. And having a standing engagement improves your skill set. It also is visibility fodder because yeah. now you can talk about uh, in two days, I'm going to be doing this thing. I'm going to be doing this thing. Hey, today's the day I'm doing the thing. Hey, look yep. at that thing I did. Hey, look at that thing I did in preparation for this other thing. Yeah. And then you can use all of that material as legitimizers for mm -hmm. anybody who might have a big opportunity for you. So it's, it's the same issue that artists run into which is i'm a genius i'm the best artist on the planet mm -hmm. people just need to recognize my genius and you go okay what's your work and they're like well nobody nobody could have has afforded to hire me so i, I don't have a body of work like wait so you haven't created anything I'm like no no but I, i'm i'm amazing it's like <clears throat> sometimes yeah sometimes it. you got to uh you have to give away your genius Right. To, Just to build credibility. Make anything, make something, because I could mm. say this and then you're hearing something completely different. But if I made even a half-assed version, it's way better than the miscommunication that comes from just talking about an idea. So having any kind of weekly standing engagement is a great way of, oh, you're a person with a huge opportunity. Well, let me invite you to this weekly show, this weekly whatever, so you can see what I do in real time instead of just looking at the promo. And now that's a much better pitch than I'm intending to do all this cool stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's part of the reason why I want to do the weekly class, because then I'll be able to get more. Uh more footage, more people, more people in. It's a it's a cheaper cost than actually getting a private or a small group. It's a, it's a big benefit, 100%. Exactly, exactly. And then you're cannibalizing all of that for footage and, and promo and proof yep. of concept and yeah, everything, everything. It's amazing, yep. Um, yeah, so you have your course is becoming available on October 4th. And if people want to, there are 10 spaces available right now. I put the link in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, chat again. So if they want to sign up 
ahead of time before the fourth, they can become part of the 10 person um, uh, pre-register. Right. And yeah, that, give, that gives I, them the ability to add, ability to ask questions and direct what the course is going to be like a little bit. Exactly. I'm calling them founding members. Founding so members. they're they're in early and Thomas go. Jefferson. Yes. I want to make sure that we dump the tea in the harbor. I want to make sure that uh, we roust the red coats and the commies. And we're like, yep, we can do Get all it. of that. So you're, you're basically getting extra uh, access and early. So it's a pretty good deal in my book. Awesome. Get a uh, say in the direction of the course that you're going to take. That's powerful. Yeah. We are uh, coming right up on the hour. Um, it was great to have you back for another round. I hope that this uh, course works really well for you guys. If you, you need help on the mic, if you are going to be somebody who are, are going to be interviewed often, you need to take control of the interview. This is something that I had to learn over the years of, of going through the process that if 20 years ago, 18 years ago, if I could have taken this course, I probably would have, would have helped out my career a lot. Um, but you also get the, the people who are hosting your, uh, your talk, they're inexperienced and they don't know how to carry the conversation. They don't know how to sell you. So it's another aspect of what this course can provide for you is selling yourself to somebody who doesn't know how to sell you. And I've, I've, I, I do interviews all the time just to, just to practice and to do extra content and to get outside uh, people who might not normally have listened to me. I'll do smaller podcasts and stuff just to talk to people. And you'll get that. You'll get guys who are like, hey, this is my first podcast ever. This is my third podcast. You're the biggest person I've ever interviewed. And if you don't know how to steer the conversation, like you're not going to talk about anything valuable. Exactly. You're just going to spend the whole time like talking him down and be like, it's okay. I'm a person. Here's something you might want to <laughs> ask. Like the, uh, 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 Chris, uh, um, I'm sorry, but uh, what's his name? Uh, <clears throat> Tommy boy. Uh, yes. Yes. The character. Um, he, yes. Remember when, when he was you were in the Beatles? Oh, sorry, Remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't. You don't want to be. You don't want to be Chris. You'll be. You'll be Chris Farley in that situation. <laughs> I made a friend of mine watch uh, Coneheads, not a week ago ago, and like she was blown away. You're a good friend. It's You're such a, a good, good movie. Friend. It's such a good movie. <laughs> I love oh it. man, uh, but hey, man, it was great having you back on the show. Um, we'll have to have you back on next time you have something going on. If you guys need this help do it uh you're never going to get as far as as fast alone as you will with a mentor or a coach michael jordan did not become michael jordan on his own okay he had coaches he had mentors he had people that helped show him the way and helped guide him you are no different you're not going to be this person who's like i'll just figure it out on my own you're going to have to read books. You're going to have to take courses. You're going to have to maybe find a mentor. It's just part of it. If you're serious about leveling up and getting to the next level, you got to find a coach. Yeah. I've had wonderful mentors, literal world-class teachers and friends mm -hmm. show me this. I've spent thousands of dollars on one-on-one -on -one coaching to learn exactly all this stuff. And I'm just excited to share it and pass it on. Awesome. Uh, anything else that you need to share before we go? That's pretty much it. Um, if you like the cut of my jib, come find me on Twitter. That's where I am all day, every day. My username changes every once in a while. So just Google me, find me, not the Stanford professor. I'm the mentalist. So there's, there's another Jonathan Pritchard out there. It's like, God, gotta. Yeah. There's, uh, there's another John Fitch out there. Who's some, whatever, uh, tax or like some kind of whatever because i get like the google google messages for like anytime mm -hmm. there's an article about me like yeah sometimes it's not me exactly same same thing awesome dude thank you so much man i, I yeah. really appreciate you having me on it's great great talking to you again um 
I'll put you in the back. I'm going to play these guys out, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Awesome. Hey, guys, seriously, if you're serious about podcasting, everything is done faster and better if you have somebody who knows what they're doing telling you how to do it. Right. I'm just going to play something classic to get you guys out of here because this was a classic conversation. Great having you here. Tune in next time. I'll check you all later.